Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Island Sports Talk Podcast. Here we are on episode four. I'm Anthony Twomley. As always, joining me, my good, good friend, Christopher Yackle, just wrapped up the American League predictions in our last episode. Go check that out when you got the chance. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the National League predictions and the big, big Francisco Lindor extension news. Hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. National League. Exactly. National League's gone. All right. Let's just go right in to the best division. Let's go right through Widely regarded as the best division in baseball. This will be interesting to go over. Uh, mm. Can you just uh, give us a quick rundown? On yes, absolutely. In the short end. NL East. NL East here. Okay, last year's standings. You had the American, not the American League. We're in the National League now. All right, get it together. <laughs> the National League East standings here. National League East champions: Atlanta Braves, number one, thirty-five and twenty-five record. Number two, you had the surprise and up, uh, upsurging here, Marlins, which we'll look at it a little bit later. But I don't think they're going to be upsurging anymore. Uh, Thirty-one twenty-nine. Philadelphia Phillies, 28 and 32 in third place. The Mets, fourth place here, 26 and 34, and rounding out your National League East. Funny how this happened. Coming in last place after winning the World Series, the Washington Nationals. Now, again, we can't judge anything off 60 games, even though we just did. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is last year's standings. And Twam, we'll start off with you for the toughest division, arguably. And honestly, I don't think there should be much argument. I've got to just add arguably just to, for, for argument's uh, sakes. But, uh, National League East, best division in baseball. What do you got? Okay. So we're both on the same page here. I feel like a lot of people are. I can understand why some fans want to believe their team, which, you know, let you in a secret, it will be my team as well. I can understand why Mets fans believe they can win the division. We have a good shot, but I've said it. I said it last week. I'll say it in every conversation I have with my own friends uh, who are Mets fans. Until I can see the Mets beat the Braves. It's not, it's similar to the Yankees and the Twins. The Yankees just always beat the Twins. The Mets can't ever win in Atlanta. They'll, they'll get, they'll, sometimes they'll split in New York, go to Atlanta. It's just not good. Until I see them beat the Braves, I can't have them leapfrog them. Braves first in the division uh, again. Mets second. Now, you know, with that being said, I still think they'll be close. I, I don't think they'll lose the division by more than like five games. Probably three, maybe even two. What terrifies me is that the last gate series of this season is a three-game set. Guess where? In Atlanta. So that's that the the, ser- the season, the the National League East very well might come down to that series, and I hate that. Braves won, Mets two. I think the Phillies. Mm. I, I, I'm iffy on them. I I really they they got Mister Underachieving King Bryce Harper. You know, he's, he's, he, for so many years, we hear how him and Trout are neck and neck, and they over they underachieved his entire tenure with the Nationals. He leaves, they immediately win a World Series. As much as I hate the Nationals, I hate Bryce Harper more. And you know what? I thought it was pretty hysterical. I found that serve line in there. But I think the Phillies, they'll float around uh, and come in third in this tough division. The Nationals, I don't think the Nationals have a bad team. It's just... It's the nature of a tough division. A team will be in fourth place. It just is what it is. And I think, you know, this fourth place is like a game behind the Phillies. And I can mm. see these four teams all being over 500. So, like, you're seeing 
Philly at like 84 and 78, 83, 79. Nationals, 82, 70. Yeah. I mean, 82 and 80. My bad. Uh, I just think it's that good. Uh, the Marlins, yeah. listen, when we talk about, you know, not judging teams based off their poor play from last year, they got to have it on the flip side. I'm sorry. I don't buy the Nash, the, the Marlins season last year. And it happens in all sports. You know, some teams that you don't expect to get off to a good start will. They they do out of surprise. The team naturally isn't good. You know, they're scrappy. But those teams never last throughout the entirety of a season. They'll eventually fall off. And I think that definitely would have happened to Miami last year. That wasn't a sustainable 162 games. Uh, I think they're going to go back to where they belong in the cellar of the National League East. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. What about you, sir? I'm going to agree with that uh, as far as the Marlins not being as good, but I don't have them in the cellar. But I'll start out here with number right, one. Honestly, I-, I got I got the Atlanta Braves. You know, I, I just until you beat them, if you're the Mets, you're not going to go through them. I like the Mets as number as uh, your second place team here. The the thing I I've been saying about the Mets is I know you need more in the bullpen. But I would love if you had Chris Bryant there. I don't know why. You don't really need that bat. on the Chris but Bryant to the Mets train than any Mets fan. He wants it to happen. I want it to happen. I, I, no, I don't know. I don't want it to happen. He Trust me, I don't it. want it to he happen. He wants it. <laughs> if, if, if the Mets want to actually be up in line with the Dodgers here, I really think they need one more bat. Just the Dodgers, the Braves too. This would leap on. Yeah, and the Braves, and the Braves. If you want to leapfrog them in the division, you have a big name in Lindor. I feel like you need that number two big name. You, I know Alonzo's turned into a big name here as well, but I think you need that just known commodity in there that could just slide, slot everybody down a peg. If you have Lindor as your number one guy in there still, and you have if you put Brian in there, it just would be stupid. Yeah, it, it would just be – it would be all-star level. You know what I mean? And it would be like an all-star lineup, a National League all-star lineup, you know, for for five or six of a spots in the lineup. That's – it would be crazy. It would – because it's so hard to get pitching, maybe not bullpen, because it's so hard to get a top-end starters, which you have in DeGrom and you have in Syndergaard. Uh, but it's, it's hard to, you know, bolster out the rest of your rotation. And it's it's hit or miss with the bullpen. That's what I'll say. It's very hard to find somebody that can consistently give you what you need. And the Mets have a problem doing that. But if you're just outscoring teams and slugging your bat so much where you're blowing teams out, that can, you know, you could fight offense. You could fight a, a not-so-great bullpen with, uh, with a great offense. I, I do believe Let me jump that. in real quick. So, you know, the Yankees haven't had the problem – with the bullpen like the Mets have, but that's how they've... We've been the opposite yeah, end of the spectrum. That's how, you know, that's how they've made... Um, that's how they've made some postseasons the past few years. They're just outscoring everyone. And then what I was going to say mm-hmm. is uh, that's not sustainable, as we've seen with the Yankees. And you alluded to it last week a little, too. Those big bats out of mm-hmm. nowhere, and it's not just the Yankees. This happens with other high-scoring teams. You, you can't... And that's and it's also in every sport. You can't win solely on offense because the defense, the pitching in, in every sport, you know, defense in, MB, in the NBA, NHL, NFL gets tighter, and MLB, the pitching gets tighter, gets better. 
you got you, you can't solely depend on offense. If that you, I just don't trust the Mets to be able to get a good enough bullpen to do, do that. That's Not the thing. They have to. They have to get a. If, if they can't win on that formula, you have to double down on bats. You, then, if you can't figure out the bullpen, you have to figure it out with the lineup a little bit more. Because I don't trust whatever scouting eye they have there to figure out what reliever. To, because they've had some of the best relievers in the game come in and all of a sudden they don't know how to pitch the baseball. So I, I, I just, it's puzzling. It, it really is. So I, if I were them, I would, you would, it's is it the smartest strategy? Probably not, but I, I would just double down and just get that bat. Just get that second bat in, in, uh, in, in Bryant. And if they do that, they can compete with the Braves and maybe overtake them. For right now, I got the number two. Number this three, I got the Washington Nationals. One and two Washington Nationals. But Chris is three to five. I like it. It's interesting. I, I Three, I'm going to have the Nationals. I think they'll take a bit of a step off again. I don't think they're going to be making the postseason or anything like that. But I do think they'll be back closer to where they were in 2019. Maybe not a World Series champion, obviously. But respectable, a little bit more respectable. The Marlins, I will take obviously what they did with the grain of salt last year, but I have them in fourth. Fourth, I do which think means they, they are took not a, in last. Who is in last? They are not in last, in last place. And Philly's gonna. <laughs> I before it. I go into Philly here, the Marlins, I, I do like what I see out of that team. I think that they might not be ready to make as big of a step as we all thought they. As we saw last year, maybe not what we all thought, but as they did last year, I still think I like, I like what you know my guy Derek Jeter is doing down there. I think he's trying to build a winner slowly but surely and build slowly a culture. Sure. And I think the Marlins are having a better culture. Uh, the Phillies, I just I don't I, I'm sorry Philadelphia. Don't I just, I just don't like your baseball. Don't apologize. I I I just, as a Joe somebody that's had Joe Girardi as their manager, and there's a bunch of former Yankees down there. You got Didi down there. Uh, I I just don't – I don't think this team's going to stay healthy. I'm banking on some injuries here. I don't think Bryce Harper is obviously worth what he's being paid. Yeah, I don't think he is at all. I think he's somebody that is so streaky that it's – the team just isn't good enough. It's another one of those cases where I, I saw last year, a lot of years with the Angels. You have the star player, but what do you have around him? And I don't like what is around Bryce Harper. And to be like honest with you, I think Bryce Harper's – I don't think that's a guy you build around single-handedly. I like, I, I, like he's a star. I always – But he's not, a top, he's not a top five player I, in baseball. I don't think he's I top always, five. He might have had top ten MVP yeah. year. You know, you could have made the case like, oh, but he's never had it unless he's like that. I – even with that one year, I never, ever understood the – I mean, I understood it. But I just didn't see it. Him to travel. That year I understood it. That year I definitely understood it. Yeah, he that was, was a insane Same. season Absolutely. he had in twenty fifteen. But, but it's not about what you've done in the past right now. It's about what you've whole, done for me lately. Work, and career wise, I I just don't think it's close between him and Trout. It just hasn't been no it's not. Is he an elite player? Yes, he is an elite player. But is he the creme de la creme. Is he the best? Is he a top five player in baseball? Is he a guy that can carry your team? I no. don't think so. I don't think so at all. And I think that the Phillies, and this is a very bold prediction. I think they're going to come in last place. And that is bold. Uh, I hate the Phillies. 
probably more than any team in baseball. I believe me, them coming in last would be great. It is bold. I agree that is bold. And this is Chris. Listen, I I come out. I came out swinging with the bold, but Chris is out bolding me right now. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do something about this. But I feel like at the national. This is as bold as it gets. But here's the thing, Twan. This is as bold as it gets. <laughs> so, oh, don't worry. As we you're, continue, you're gonna get a lot. As we continue. You'll hear me. You'll hear me say some insane things. We'll do a whole episode. I'm just listen. We, we'll have some good stuff bold, in the future. Bold take. We'll have some bold good take, stuff. Bold but take. while we did say the national, we got to move on here to the next. While division. we did say the National League is a gauntlet, I believe most the most needs to be said about the East, the Central. It's like I said about the West. Is it's just one of those divisions. A team does have to make the playoffs, but outside of that, I don't see yeah. much more. But that being said, Mr. Yackel, how did the National League Central fare in the 2020 season? Last year, yes, sir. we had the uh, Chicago Cubs in first place at the NL Central, 34-26. and 26. Second place, you had the St. Louis Cardinals at 30-28. and 28. Now, Cardinals, I'm going to, like, full disclaimer, going to throw this out there for them in their defense. There was a point where they played like seven games and teams had like 26, not 26, but like 20 games played. Was a lot of sitting around for the Cardinals last year. Yeah, I'll give them a mulligan. Reds in third place, 31 and 29. Brewers, 29 and 31, fourth place. And quite possibly the worst team in baseball, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 19 and 41. They reminded me a lot of the Royals in a sense where it took them about 20 years to get their team the together. Royals. And they finally make the playoff. At least the Royals got something. Pirates didn't even get to the Pirates didn't even get to the NLCS. They made it to the uh, NLDS, and that's about it. But Mr. Twombly, what are your thoughts here on this year's predictions for the NLCS? So probably the biggest mover we'll have on our entire predictions. I have the Brewers coming back to their glory. I think I think 2020 just got to them. I think Mr. Yelich bounces back, gets back to that MVP form. I have them bouncing back from fourth last year to first. Um, Cardinals in second. We talked about it briefly last week in our MLB talk. I don't think Arenado makes them this huge, oh, my God, the Cardinals. No, I don't – because the rest of their lineup still leaves a lot to be desired. But they're another one of those franchises. They just win. They find a way. The Cubs, ever since that World Series, things have not – not, not this would look like a franchise. Like the Cubs were about to like be a standard. They this looked like a this looked like they were gonna be what the Dodgers are shaping to be. Now maybe they didn't look like the powerhouse the Dodgers are, but they had the core. You got Rizzo, you have Baez, you have Bryant. Yeah, that's three stars right there. But it's not working out. Rizzo's extension no. has stalled. Whether or not he says he wants him to go to the Mets. We got Chris Bryant, you know, trade rumors floating around. Mr. Yackel is going to lead the Bryant to Koreans train. Uh, no, I am not. And, and, and Baez is going to be a free agent after the season. So that's three core players. You might only have one, and it's very likely they'll only have one heading into the 2022 season. I don't like the direction of the Cubs. I have them coming in third. I think the Reds, they had a nice year. But you lost probably – well, I think Luis Castillo is better. We'll have a thing on Trevor Bauer at some point because I got opinions. I got opinions on him. Uh, I think Luis Castillo is better than Trevor Bauer. But you did lose your, your Cy Young. You lost your 2020 Cy Young winner. Um, 
so that's gonna a little take a little step back for you. Uh, I think they'll be pesky. This is another division where I just think you know two through four will be close. You know, six games from two to four, maybe even less, will separate them. I don't see anyone running away with this division. I'm not even gonna waste my time no. with fifth. That team in Pittsburgh will come in fifth. Ah, uh, I I had a hard time trying to figure this one out. Yeah. This division because just a lot. It reminds me a lot of the AL West when we were talking earlier. It's just a lot it's of just like a lot of yeah. teams. You just look at them. The yeah. Cubs should have been the team where we just like stamped them in. That should have been the. You know what? You know what uh, bothers me about the Cubs a little bit is you really had all the potential in the world. You could have won multiple World at Series, and it was definitely like, at least you got. At least, that's what I'm about to say. If you're Chicago, like. Any Cubs fan will be like, you know what, I could, you know, die in peace now. I could rest in peace because I finally got to see the Cubs win a world. That's if you're an older. But don't you – isn't the point of life wanting more sometimes? Don't you always want to strive for the next one? I mean, different sport, but fucking Tom Brady wants to get an eighth Super Bowl. He's out of his goddamn mind, Juan. So I – To get the whole band together. That's the type of mindset – that's the type of mindset that you need to, to succeed in life. And I feel like the Cubs got very complacent yep. with that one World Series. They're like, you know what? We're good. We checked out. Which, you know what? That's fine. Do what you want but as an organization. But they really left a lot on the table, in my opinion. That's my little rant on them. You know what they remind me? Just to wrap off that little rant. You know what they remind me of? And obviously we weren't alive then. And it revolves around your team. Well, as uh, you know, as somebody who loves baseball, just just I wouldn't say as much as you do, Tom. You, you're you're a, you're a purist, but who knows a lot about baseball? Those '80s Mets teams could have won more could've than won one World Series. Eighty-five. They could have won in '84. They could have won in '88. They won in '86. They had a four or five year gap gap that they could have had. You know, two or three World Series didn't take advantage. Like, obviously, of it. it's been beaten to death, especially by Mets circles. How good. That team was, but that's the issue. And I agree with you with the Cubs. Like you win one, that's amazing. Especially mm. the drought that they had. But the point mm. in baseball, or not even just baseball, the point in the, all team sports is to build a sustainable, competitive, championship level franchise. That's the championship level. That's obviously the hardest level to reach. But competitive, and you know, consistent playoff appearances. They checked those off, but you won the championship. The, you're not supposed mm. to circle back and be like, all right, that's what separates the elite from the just very good. The good yeah. from the great. Like that, that's you what know? separates them. If you're hungry to continue to do it, like look at the Dodgers. Three World Series, they finally got it on their third try, and they're probably going to be competing for Win one or two more over the I next couple see, of years. They I don't see can. the Dodgers taking the step back that the Cubs did. Like you said, the, the, the no. Cubs, the Cubs, uh, the Cubs got complacent. You, they made it to a couple NLCSs, but like yeah, that's it. it you know, three. maybe they made, they made it three straight, which is great. But no one really thought they yeah. had a shot against the Dodgers in eighteen. Um, no, it's just uh, or two thousand seventeen. My bad. Uh, it's just disappointing just, to see. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like things. I like to see teams. I I like great teams. I like greatness. I like teams that are 
I'm a big fan of dynasties because dynasties create, you know, they create a conversation like this, Twan. They create a lot of, you know, they create greatness. That's what they do, ultimately. You think of great teams, you think of great players and what, you know, they did in, uh, in, in clutch moments and clutch situations and how they performed. And it really, you know, puts an imprint on the sport during a, uh, a certain time period in whatever sport we're talking about. So the Cubs missed that opportunity. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Forrest Gump style, that's all I got to say about that. Um, no, first place here, though, I do not have the Cubs. I have the Cardinals. I, uh, I think that although I differ with you slightly on the Arenado uh, opinion here and what he means to the Cardinals, I think that anytime you get a stud player in baseball that needs a new environment, needs steps into – especially I think that long-term this might not be – the best move for the Cardinals. But I think the next couple of years here, especially year one, I think he's going to thrive in a new 2021, 2023, so. this could prove very uh, beneficial. Like, I could easily see him winning an MVP. I would love to see Aaron Easily. These two used to be my two favorite players. It's more so Arenado mm. than Goldschmidt, but I've always loved Goldschmidt. Mm. But, like, these are literally two in their, in their past MVP-level players. Just imagine. And if you said five years ago you'd have Paul Goldschmidt even, and Arenado in a lineup, three years ago you said that you have those two in a lineup. Well, they, you, you would probably say that's the best one-two like punch. You have in the, two MVP front runners on your. Yeah, like that. But I think it's very important for these guys to stay healthy. Number one, and I think that having that, what it's going to do mentally for Goldschmidt. Having that other guy, having that second bat in the lineup, I think is going to do both of them wonders. And I also think there's something about the Cardinals where they're the Cardinals. You don't have to worry about COVID cancellation as much this year. I mean, you still got to worry about it. We saw today the Mets and Nationals didn't also, play. But uh, hard on that real quick. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals are completely vaccinated as a team. I think they're the only team in like sports beautiful. that is completely so they don't have to on their end they're good to go (laughs) they don't have to worry at all on that shit we're like no (laughs) we're not leaving if if our game their their owner gonna be by the fault of someone else we are not their owner went straight to moderna and was like give me all your vaccines and give me give me it twice over we need to get this uh give me your boosters i don't even care if they're not trial (laughs) run yet but um I, I got them in first. Uh, the Cubs, you know, we, we went, you know, That's a it. lot into the Cubs here. That definitely, you know, two cities, a lot of fan bases that, you know, other cities that are not going to like us uh, moving forward. Hopefully, we'll gain their trust. I did not expect <laughs> but, uh, to go that on that long of a tangent on the Cubs, but I absolutely love it. Some some things need to some be talked to. about and discussed. And uh, that one was, uh, you know, that one that was a discussion that needs to be had, you know. But uh, the the Brewers number three, I don't think they're gonna. I think they're gonna be close. I think they're definitely gonna be close to a playoff spot. I just don't. I, you know, so it's Yelich and it's Yelich and who else? That's the thing. It's Yelich and who else? I really just don't see anybody else that pops out in, in their lineup, okay. their rotation, and the and the and of the Brewers. Like it's just, Nothing I don't know. Uh, Reds four and then Pirates five. Two irrelevant teams, if you ask me. Uh, Reds didn't bring back Trevor Bauer, and they weren't really great with him to begin with. 
So that's who I have here for the NL Central. And uh, again, another Blant division. Uh, we're going to move on now. NL West, Mr. Twombly. Let me, before we uh, get your opinion on the National League West, let's discuss the standings here of last year's National League West. Class of the NL. Class of baseball, huh? The Los An- Class of baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 43-17. and 17, Were your first place team in the National League West. Division winners. San Diego Padres, the up-and-coming Padres, 37-23, second place. Made some moves this offseason that may throw them into the race with the Dodgers. That's going to be a pretty good divisional race or pennant race, too, if you ask me. Giants, third place, 29-31. Definitely not the same team uh, that we've seen in the past. Uh, Air championship guarantee lock Giants anymore. We're way past, yeah, we're way past that, Twan. <laughs> we're way past that. They're definitely uh, in the foreshadowing of, uh, of baseball, uh, if you ask me. Uh, the Rockies, 26 and 34 in fourth place. Uh, minus Arenado now. Not looking good for them at all. And then I have the Diamondbacks here in fifth place, 25 and 35 from last year. Twan, who do you have in the standings for the NL West? Similar to the Yankees basically being a lock. As much as I have said you got to beat the Braves to leap out of the division, I don't think the Braves are a lock to win the East, but many people have them. And then you got this division. I feel like the, the two Easts and the NLS, the consensus is, you know, those three teams, we already know. The, the Dodgers, it's their division to lose. It's their their uh, league to lose the National League. Um, <laughs> we what more needs to be said about them? You added Bauer, that should help. As much as I'm rooting for it not to work, there's there's really not much to. Let me ask you this: hundred over under 115, not 150, 110 games. Will they win over or under 110 games this year? One hundred and six. Hundred and six. So under. Yeah, under, under. I'll go under because one hundred ten. Okay. 106 is insane, but 110 is whatever the next level of over insane is. Um, yeah. Because they were on pace for 116 wins last year. Yeah, they, they were. Um, they, Yeah, but it, it, listen, we went on a long Cubs tangent. We went on a mini Angels tangent. There just really doesn't need to be much said about the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Getting, uh, I have them at first. And then the Padres. Now they got those young guys. They they added some pitchers as well. So they they're trying to match up with the Dodgers. And mm. I think they I think they'll they'll keep it close. You know, the Dodgers have been consistently running away with the division. And I don't think they'll have this division locked up by the end of August this year. I think they're gonna have to fight a little in September because as mm. long as the Padres stay healthy and everyone plays up to the level as they should. If you Darvish pitches, you know, the way he did last year, back to, like, his potential and what he's capable of, Standard. they're, they're going to be a very formidable bunch. Uh, the Giants in third, uh, they made, you know, some moves. Moves good enough to keep them not in the 500. Yeah. You know, 500 range, right under 500, whatever. It's a two-team race, if you really ask me. Those, the other three teams... I'm sorry, I don't I don't really care about the Diamondbacks. 
Yeah. You could flip <laughs> honestly three through three and four. You could flip flop five. Three, four, five is interchangeable. <laughs> me, like I, as you saw, I have uh, the Cardinals second because I'd really as much. Uh, listen, I love Arenado. He's one of my favorite non-Mets, uh, and I do think he will help the Cardinals. He didn't, in my opinion, he didn't make them division favorites. In other eyes, I could see why it would make people think they're going to win the division. But I do think he's definitely good enough to make a team drop in the standings. And I think the Rockies are dead last. What have you done? You lost your best, arguably one of the best players in the in your franchise. Your franchise guy. Uh, you lost your franchise guy. I just, yeah. It, it, for, and I feel like unless you're a fan of any of those three teams, every other baseball fan is only looking at the Dodgers and the Padres. That California battle. Sorry, San Francisco. Three through five, like you said, interchangeable. The NL West, the Dodgers are the standard, and the Padres are the new kids on the block trying to kick them out of there. Mm. I, I I agree with you there, and I, I'm, I'm going to make it uh, short and sweet because there's really not too much to say on this. I think the Padres will give the Dodgers a run for their money this year, and I think that they're going to be a very young, exciting, and electric team to watch. But the Dodgers are, are incredible. To answer my own question earlier, too, I'm going to go with uh, over on 110 games. I think we'll get 112. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's a, that's what I'll say. But uh, Dodgers, one. Padres, two. Giants, I got in the three spot. You know what? Just because I didn't want to have a similar division matchup as you, I saw you put in earlier than me for the predictions, and I saw that you put the Diamondbacks four and the Rockies five. Both teams, in my opinion, are pretty interchangeable. The Rockies, you could make a better, stronger case that they'll come in uh, in, in fifth place in this division. But I'm just going to go on the devil's advocate here and say, well, who's to say because they're missing their best player, they're going to be worse. Maybe they could just you know, say, you know what, they, they, our GM doesn't believe in us. Why don't we show our GM to believe in us and we'll win some ball games this year? So that's a very positive way to look yeah. at it. But uh, it, it could also be a very stupid way of looking at it too. So that's what I got. For the NL West. You want to go 12-round debate on who's going to come in fourth and fifth of the NL West. Listen, I'll get the gloves <laughs> <out>. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not, I, you know what? We'll put those gloves on for another yeah. debate, okay? It's we'll terrible. talk about – We'll save them. We'll, say, we'll save that for another time. You know, but uh, uh, to move on here, NL wild card. We'll go through this quickly, too, before we get into the Francisco Lindor contract extension oh, yeah. here. But – NL wild card. Who do you have as your two wild card? The same spots? two teams, just a different order. I think the Mets and the Padres. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, say what you want about the Mets. They're one of the more exciting teams in baseball coming up this year. Same is to be said about the Padres. Honestly, like sports, as much as I try to say I'd be shocked, or like sports never surprises me. I really would be surprised if the Mets and Padres, if either of the Mets or Padres aren't in the playoffs. I really. I like as much like listen. I'll get on to what I was saying about the Lindor news, but for for all they've done to me and all the bad I expect on a daily basis, hourly basis, honestly, with the Mets franchise, I'm telling you right now, I'd be floored if they don't make the playoffs. I really would. Same could be said for the Padres. I think they just have everything in place. There's not enough other teams. I mean, the Phillies. Or the Nationals. I know you'd feel differently about the Phillies, but those are honestly the only two other teams I think that can make that wild card. Wait, that would you would be floored if the Mets don't make the I really, playoffs? I really would be surprised I, if they don't make the playoffs. You're a Mets fan, Twam. You should know, I know this. You get a couple injuries it, here. 
You get somebody that goes on the well, IL yeah. for a no, good, you know, three, betrayed, four months, I've been betrayed and you're out of it. My entire life, I'm going to be betrayed by hope of both of my sports teams to the absolute last second <laughs> on my deathbed. But this is how I am. This is how it will always be. I would be now if they don't. <laughs> I if love they it. Don't win a playoff series. I'd be disappointed, <laughs> but not shocked. But if they don't make the playoffs, I'm telling you, I would really be shocked. But yeah, that's that little. Little little uh analysis of the wild card. I got the Mets in the pod. Yep. This is another one. Same here. Probably be a game or two between them. Yep. I agree with you 100%. Padres one, Mets two. You got Mets one, Padres two. And there probably will be like a game, yeah. two, maybe three uh, separating those what two can teams. Separate now. the Padres before we, before we move on from this long yep. recap or this long prediction segment. Uh, what, what I could see, I might. No, my my mouth has said it. Pen has been set in stone. I have the Mets over the Padres, but I can see how the Padres would finish over the Mets because they have the benefit of playing three very subpar teams. Yeah, and the Mets are Mets in the are best division. division. I know, that's that's my big reason. I know you too. still have to play the Dodgers nineteen times, but you also have thirty eight games against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, which is huge. Yeah, um, that's why I have the Dodgers too as a as a pretty big mark. I feel like. Your one and two team out of that division are going to win a hundred yeah, plus games. Dodgers, I really in do those believe 38 that. Thirty-eight games, they'll probably go like thirty and eight. Thirty-three and eight yeah. and five, <laughs> something stupid. And last note, yeah. And like it, it just speaks to what we said. I mean, doesn't it feel like baseball is kind of a coast sport? Both central divisions leave a lot to be desired. The East and the West Coast. Both of those, I mean, the AL West is eh, but it's better than both the central divisions. I feel like mm. the coasts kind of dominate baseball. Coast to coast, baby. Coast, coast to coast, baby. All right. Enough of this. This clutter in the middle. It's too. Yeah. It's too much. It's, I, it's, coast to coast. Coast but, to coast. That but, was uh, trick. That was fun. Though I'm sure none of these predictions. I'm sure none of these predictions will come back to bite us in the ass. I'm certain none of them are going to be correct, <laughs> but. This is what you have to, you know, we have to help out the gambling yes. community. This is one of our one of our pillars of the show. Well, one day we'll come out with the ten pillars yeah. of our show. Uh, drinking, drinking and driving. Uh, don't drink and drive, I should say. We'll definitely be that'll on be those done. pillars. But to go on that is we need to help the yeah. gambling community. And that's a, that's a big part of our show. So whatever we say, just take the opposite and run. It's not even run, sprint. Do a four three forty like Justin Fields and sprint okay. to your nearest bookie. Sprint to your phone for FanDuel. Do whatever you need to do. I, I'm not giving out free ads for FanDuel. They got to pay eventually, but uh, Man, still enjoy those free ads while you we'll run. Enjoy, exactly, exactly. Yeah, was, we'll be knocking. We'll be knocking through somebody's house like the Kool Aid <laughs> Man here. We'll be knocking through FanDuel, but we're we're gonna move on here to. Our final or second to final topic, uh, because we're definitely heavy on time here, and we have to do after hours, so be sure to tune in for that. Francisco Lindor's contract extension. Wow, did they come down to the wire on this, Mr. Twombly. Ten years, $341 million. Mr. Twombly here on the video on our Skype call pulling out his Lindor jersey, very happy he doesn't have to burn it after oh, one yes. season. 
2021 to 2025, 15 teams on a no-trade clause. I'm curious. 2026 to 31, full no-trade clause. I would love to see that as well, Mr. Twalman, but I don't think we're going to be seeing that That's anytime soon, unless he wants to get traded in the next couple of years. Deal to me. Like, who did he specifically – Wait, is there no opt-out here? Is there no the opt-out? Which is huge. I'm surprised by that. Usually we see the opt-out, like but no opt-out. And then $50 million deferred. Between 2032 and 2020, uh, 2041, which are, I can't even say the year 2041. That's how just stupid it looks in my brain yeah. right now, how far away it looks. But okay, you know what? We'll sneak up on us before you know it. We'll yeah. be old men. But um, $50 million, which honestly, my opinion on that, very smart. Very smart play on Mr. Lindor's part. After he retires, doesn't still doesn't have to work another day in his life, if, even if he spends 300 of that uh, – for, or two hundred in uh, eighty nine million of that three forty one, uh, but I will say my my last opinion on this before I throw it over to you exclusively because this is your team, this is your big moment, and I want you to have this, buddy. But that took some cojones at the dinner table to go ten years, three hundred twenty five million. Nah, I'm good. Check, please. Let's get out of here. That took some balls, Mr. Twomley. That's all I have to say on that. And it worked. Clearly, he had the all the leverage here, and he was able to leverage. Look, you know, twenty-one more mil, twenty-one million dollars more out of this. But your thoughts on your guy being a New York Met, Francisco Lindor, for the next eleven well, years? Well, it's a shame you don't have Twitter anymore because you could have seen me going in full-on meltdown mode. And all of Mets Twitter, just this entire week, this entire week felt like a month because everything started circling back. The the cloud, the absolute cloud this would have had on the season if he declined that contract and he went into the year with no extension. I mean, it would have killed all the allure of the season, a season that has a lot of hope for Mets fans. As you heard me just say, I'd be floored if they don't make it. And he's a huge part of that. The whole trade, um, I, I anyone who follows me on anything saw how just ridiculously hyped I was. You're getting one of the best players in baseball. You're naturally going to be very excited. But this whole process was just so exhausting. And it got to the point where I didn't think it was going to get done. I was just bracing. I was literally saying, I wonder who he's going to play for next season. Because clearly, if they didn't get a deal done, he would never come back. Because... You got crazy fans who just would have been malicious in in, in in every in every sense of the matter. You got the New York media who would have killed the guy. Just those two things alone, after a whole tumultuous year, why would you want to come back? Will, would some of the uh, the criticism be warranted? Absolutely. You leave that much money on the table, and then if you don't perform on top of it, what were you doing? So some of it would have been warranted. And then at the same time on his side, why would you want to go to a place that doesn't seem to appreciate you? That was the dark thunderstorm apocalyptic cloud that was going on in my mind for the past week. It got so dark that at approximately 11.10 p.m. last night before the news broke, I sent a, gr- a text to my group chat. I said, I will eat three big globs of Wasabi if he signs by tomorrow. And I don't think he'll sign. So I don't really care that I'm saying this. And what happened nearly 15 minutes later 
John Heyman with and ended it with a period. Just be like, to the point, the Mets and Lindor have a deal. I'm sorry. I really think <laughs> that was all it took. I needed to say something so insane that would inevitably bite me in the ass to make it get done. And I told my parents, I think it's very worth it. Have I eaten the wasabi yet? No. Maybe I'll do it, Maybe I'll do it while we're recording. Maybe I'll do it just, you know, at another point. But it will be documented. Mm. It will be recorded. And I'll give my feedback on that. We'll stay there. And we'll definitely throw that on yes. the Island Sports Talk Twitter oh, page and Instagram. Everybody needs to witness this. It will this. be bookmarked. Don't worry. It, it will. I want to witness this in person, to be honest with you. <laughs> it will be seen. I'm a man of my word. And I'll, I'll, I'll eat it with a smile. Will I choke? Will I, like, you know, convulse a little? Probably. We'll have the paramedics yes, on site. paramedics site. will be there. I'll do it. I'll have the Lindor, the Lindor jersey on, obviously. But, yeah, that was the apocalyptic cloud that was going on in my brain. I didn't think it was going to happen. Thank God it did. I slept. I didn't sleep till like, 2 o'clock last night because I was just smiling. I was so, just so mm. relieved. And just because it was almost the Mets did it again. No matter what can go wrong, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. You traded two young shortstops for this guy. We talked about it last week. It's a deal that needed to get done because – you did not trade two shortstops to be in the shortstop market again next offseason, and that's what would have happened if he didn't sign. Again, he probably wouldn't have come back here if he went through a year. That would have been mm, – who would even knows? Yeah. Uh, so it just – none of it would have looked good. It would have looked bad on him. It would have looked even worse on the Mets. So congratulations to both sides for, you know, both growing up, honestly, because mm. both sides were being stubborn. Thank you for both of them oh, yeah. growing up. When you have a billionaire businessman and somebody with, I got to say, King Kong versus Godzilla came out. They don't have as big a nuts as Francisco Lindor, if you ask me. And so, I'm not, as you things know, came out, I'm a little more hesitant to go at him. And I really didn't want to. Because, again, you're still going to root for the guy. There was literally Mets fans out there who just were like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to. Like, like, can we relax? <laughs> Do you not want the team? He, him. Newsflash, him being him playing very well would would benefit us greatly. All right, the team will do well. Yeah, that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just completely lost track. Uh, yes, thank you for meeting in the middle. That's what I was getting on. You know, mm-hmm. add, exactly. add him at 385. Well, that's what him and his nut job agent that's what I was really getting at. I, w- I was hesitant to go out and go because <laughs> his agent is an absolute lunatic. This is the same agent. I heard, so, yeah, that's what I said. Wasn't there another deal he pooed we'll a little we'll bit and right end up fighting? You know who Ozzy Albies is, correct? Yes. He, it, this him in the He's a very good player, correct? Yeah. One of the best at his position. He signed yep. off on allowing Ozzy Albies, a, a star, a young star, seven-year deal with the Braves, which I hate even more because him and Acuna, seven-year deal with the Braves, $35 million. How does that happen? <laughs> Francisco Lindor is making more in deferred money than Albies is on his seven-year deal. And Acuna's got like a seven-year uh, deal for like just over 100 They have those two. There are middling hockey players that make more money, more money than uh, Alves does. Well, it's hilarious. Had, this guy saw that he got hosed or he hosed his client, probably got mercilessly mercilessly and rightfully he for oh, allowing God. your con- your client to do that. So clearly he's 
If you're Lindor, how do you not drop him immediately? No, this guy's still, still an up. agent based off of what's coming out. But you let him do that. So clearly, you know, there was some, oh, I got to make up for that in the, in play. So he's just shooting for the moon, which I guess I respect. But you can't be dead set. It got to the mm-hmm. point where it seemed like they were dead set on 385. We're not moving from this. And here's another news flash. Asshole, David Meter. No one. No one was giving you 385. 12 years was a sh- as it was. No one was giving him 385. But you got to think he was expecting a quick yeah, rejection so on that one. You know what maybe, I mean? Like, you got to think that he did that to you, – you, yeah, it's strategy in business negotiation 101. You set the bar and you make a ridiculous – you try to do it so they're not going to walk away, which, you know what, Steve Cohen – he, you know, he probably could have easily said, I, 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 I'm very disrespected by this. You can take your ball and yes. you can go home. But they both put their big boy pants on and were able to meet in the middle. You set it that high so you can meet that, in the middle. That, that's how the so business do What happens, happens, you know? So what you had to happen yesterday would occur. And so I'm very happy for you, Tom. I'm very happy. It's it very out. possible that the whole time, it's easily could have been overblown by the negativity and the doom and gloom Mets fan mm-hmm. attitude that we're all just been yeah. surrounded <laughs> by our entire life. Quite possible uh... that everything was overblown, and they, this was the intention two weeks ago. They were eventually going to get to it, but you know, once negotiations mm-hmm. get public, it always gets ugly. Always, and never. It yeah, never is good absolutely. when negotiations go public. So they might have had – maybe they agreed but, to this at dinner, but we'll, we'll never know. All I mm, care about is that no. we have a shortstop. Is it done? He's going to be the face of the franchise alongside DeGrom. Hopefully Alonzo can, you know, reach that potential again and be one of those as well. For the next 10 years, mm. I can wear that jersey and not have to stash it in the closet right after the season. I get to watch this guy again for a decade. It's it's amazing. This is a player unlike the Mets have had <laughs> ever, <laughs> maybe. Uh, hopefully, he's on a Cooperstown trajectory. Hopefully, he can retire a Met. That's what his contract does. Hopefully, we get to see him go into Cooperstown with a Mets cap. Uh, I think, yeah, and hopefully, you see him with the World Series, Tom. That's, that's what it's all about. about. I don't. I don't care how much money he's getting paid when he's 35, 36 in, in eight or nine years from now, if he helps this team win a world series, God willing multiple in the next six years, which is not going to happen. It's just in baseball, it's too hard to win, to no. win multiple in that span. But like if they win multiple in this 10 year deal, again, not expecting that. Just get me one. I've always said, just get me one my entire life. Cause I have got as a Jets fan, you relate completely. That's you all I say. As a where you don't fan. think you'll see your team whenever. I'm at the point now that the Mets, they did it. They did what we needed them to do. They got this extension done. Because, again, if they didn't, it would have been same old Mets. But I don't care how much – I don't care if he's getting paid $35 million. Similar to the NFL, money's going to keep rising. This contract in seven or eight years, it won't look as bad as it looks. Not even bad, but it won't mm-hmm. look as expensive as it'll look. If he helps this team win a World Series yeah. within the next five to six years – it was all worth it. If you're a Mets fan and you think otherwise, you're an idiot. I know I know how you feel. We haven't won in 35 years. We would do anything. We would literally do anything to win a World Series. But that's, that's all I got to say about that. I mean, it's awesome. 
you could see the joy it brings. You could hear the joy. We got it done, and that's that's really. It's it sucks that we couldn't get to see them play today. I really was just so amped to see Degrom again, see him, our new guy, inked. But it that that contract it definitely alleviated the disappointment of not having opening day today because it was just a sigh of relief, mm. just a gasp, just like, okay, we got it done. Thank God. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Tom, I'm very happy you got your thoughts on that. Before we close out episode three here of you Island Sports Talk. You did get to Talk, watch opening day today. <laughs> I did get to watch my team on opening day today. And I'll make this quick. This is fully at Aaron Judge. I love Aaron no. Judge. But we're leaving right where we left. We're starting right where we left off last year and the year before and the year before. We have to hit the baseball when you have runners in scoring Uh position. Hit the goddamn ball. Have a clutch moment. Gary Sanchez has one. Giancarlo Stanton has one. Uh, What's his name? Uh... I'm blanking right now because I'm I'm so I'm white hot it? right now. Lemayu, Lemayu has them. Voight has them. You're supposed he's, to be he's... the best player on the team, the face of the New York. Not, not the you know as good as the Padres are are now. The San Diego Padres, not the Colorado Rockies, the New York Yankees. Hit the ball when it's clutch time. And I know I'm coming from perspective, but I can never hit a baseball, even if it's 60 miles an hour coming towards me. Okay? I, I, I fully acknowledge I am not an athletic person. I have the body of a bag of milk. But if you are Aaron Judge, yeah, and you get paid, and it looks, to wrap it up, he doesn't get paid a ton right now, but you can't come to the negotiation table and demand $400 million like you're going to want to in the next year or two and expect to get it when you on opening day are already setting the tempo in clutch positions and you're not hitting the ball, getting runs, winning your team the game. Okay? It's fine if you can't do it now and you do it in the postseason. But if you can't do it now and you can't do it in the postseason and you can't do it in July and you can't do it in June and you can't do it in August and you can't do it in any other month they're playing baseball, hell, even fall league in Arizona, if you're going to play in that, then I don't want you. <laughs> but otherwise, well, I want you, but not for $400 million. Yeah, I mean. So that's what I got to say about that. I'll say it quickly. Like, I think Judge's contract is going to be one of the more intriguing ones. It's going to be everyone a, I, injury checkered history. I mean, it's the we know the cal. And then we'll add that in. There was there was that one week span last year where he literally looked just like a god, where mm-hmm. he was hitting everything and everything was going four hundred fifty feet. You're like, but that's the thing. There's no consistency. This is Aaron Judge. This is, this, this is peak Aaron Judge. This is an unstoppable being. Uh, but yeah, the consistency of that isn't there, and the checker. You know what? Of of the injuries. It, it's just today I, I reached like a breaking point with him. I was always somebody to defend him and say, you know what, we'll chalk it to injuries. We'll chalk it to he doesn't have enough time to do this. But I don't know. It really struck a nerve today. And I think part of it is just a mic- it's a microcosm of this team that 
you've been an elite team for now this year, fourth year, coming into the uh, the season with some sort of expectation that you're going to win a World Series. And this is high. I know it's one of 161, but and it sounds like I'm delusional right now. But I'm I'm just getting really tired of Aaron Judge not performing in clutch situations. We could go back to this diatribe in August, and it could still ring very true, and it won't sound insane. Like, listen, I hope it doesn't. Like, I hope I do sound yeah, like a lunatic. As, as a fan, you want it to change, but you know we have the track record. I mean, it's not it's it's likely we can come back in August. It could be August fifteenth against the Blue Jays. That'll probably be a big game back down in August. He grounds into yeah. another double play with the bases loaded, you know, post sixth inning where it's money time. You're going to hear Chris having the same thing, and he probably will have blown a gasket by then. And it might not sound like it, but I do love Aaron Judge. I love what he brings. But I, I also – Go through these things, whether we love um, him or not. I, the, the, it, he struck a nerve with me today big time. It really was just like, again – and and I'm watching it again right now here in, in uh, the replay on SportsCenter as I have the TV on in the background. You have him ground into a double, the worst possible. Get the ball in the air. Bring a runner in. Get a sack fly. Do something that's going to be not a double play to end the inning with the bases loaded. And, like, I'm an ass. But, like, I, I, I'm not as tolerant with the Yankees as Chris is, even though – me and Chris have a very civil Mets to Yankee fan relationship. I, I was watching it. I, I said sarcastically, oh, this is going to be a double play. I honestly expected him to hit a home run. I was like, he's about to hit a grand slam right now and make me look like an asshole. Next pitch, what happened? And double play. Just, and I'm not – It's become predictable. I'm, I'm saying this just purely, you know, taking my bias out of it. If you're going to be that guy, everyone knows the name Aaron Judge. Everyone knows the face Aaron Judge. To take, mm-hmm. like, he's obviously at superstar level, but to, like, be that franchise, to be that Yankee, to be that Mr. Yankee, that, I know it's game one, just hit a line drive up mm-hmm. the middle, drive in a run, yeah. drive in two runs. You got to do that. And if, if, if we want to start the Yankeeography, you got to start having clutch moments. <laughs> That's a bottom we're line. We're in August, and Chris still feels that way. The Yankees very well could be in first, but it, it, you'll still be like, we know where, we know where this is heading. We'll make the play. I know that what I'm going to see in game 97. Yeah. Where he strikes out with the bases loader, hits a, an inning ending double play or a game ending nope. strikeout. I'm going to see it in the. What's the difference between April, August, and October? Yeah. You know what I mean? At, as of right now, I don't see a difference you don't, between him. You don't want to build and, bad well, habits early in the season because they're just bound to continue mm-hmm. as the season moves on. You want to at least. 100%. You just, it just can't happen. But with that being and said, with that, that was our major league gauntlet. Chris, we listen. This is just ex- an example of how we can ramble on, and honestly, we yeah. probably left a lot on the table. But <laughs> exactly, as always, there's nothing that warms my heart more than just talking sports, kicking it back with you. Absolutely, that I can't Same come here. back and see how accurate or inaccurate these predictions were. If we wanted to get really zany, we could have done, uh, you know, record predictions. But listen, our heads can only handle our uh, so much. My head probably you would have seen you would have seen like just smoke coming out the the circuits, Matt, the gerbils in my it, would have just been. 
it required too much math. Yeah. All right, the hamster wheels can only spin so fast. For you to do too much. I can only think about too much at once. But yep. When you when you have to pull out a calculator for standings, yeah, that's what that's when you know. It's not great. But that was our major league. Uh, baseball is back. Real baseball is back. The 162 game season is back. We will be doing a lot of baseball talk throughout this show. So just mm-hmm. be prepared for that. We'll be going to games. We'll do incorporate some live action when we go to those games. We'll throw some stuff Absolutely. Twitter, some stuff on the Instagram. We'll we'll as as this podcast continues to age and hopefully age well, we'll continue to age, grow. grow. We'll be like fine wine, hopefully. Hopefully. We're gonna grow with this podcast and hopefully as that continues, you continue to listen. We appreciate those who are listening right now. Hopefully you stick with us and hopefully that audience continues to grow. But my friends, Mr. Yackle, this was awesome. And I can't wait to kick back with you about some NFL. Got a lot of NFL news. We got some March Madness, but we're going to have to push that to the mm-hmm. side for now. Opening day is one of those days where that has to be done. So mm-hmm. with that being said, to all who are listening, thank you. And have a beautiful, beautiful night.